everyone. Welcome to Coffee and a Book. My name is William Hemsworth. It's great to be with you all on this week's program here on Elevation Radio. Hope you guys have had a good week and God bless you all. I'm really honored to have my guests today. Two guests. Normally we have one. So we're doubling up today uh, with Tiffany Valentine of OOU Publishing and her grandfather, John David Roach, who is the author of several great books we're going to talk about his newest one so how are you all doing today Excellent. doing wonderful good and and my apologies everyone OOU is oasis of understanding so oasis of understanding publishing so please check them out and i'll be published i'll be having those links in the comments all right so john your your new book can you tell us a little bit about your new book it just came out February 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. I saw that on Amazon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh, the book came out as <clears throat> as a result. I really had to back up a little That's okay. Uh, I argued, uh, and that's the proper term, argued, uh, with the Spirit of God for a number of years as to writing books. I didn't feel that I was qualified as an author. And I kept telling the Lord, I said, Father, you've got all kinds of great authors. You've got uh, Joyce Myers. You've got Benny Hinn. You've got T.D. Jakes. You've got Joel Osteen. Father, why do you need a Jack Roach? That's my nickname. And uh, I never got an answer with that until... I was going through cancer, life-threatening cancer. And the doctors at UAB did not give me any hope at all. They told me I was a dead man. They told my family, they made me bring my family together and tell them that I wouldn't live long, uh, that they couldn't do anything uh, because of the mass that was in my head because they thought it was around my carotid artery. In reviewing my MRI, the doctors noticed a sliver of light between my carotid artery and the tumor. And the head of radiology, Dr. Spencer, said, hey, we can kill this thing. Call him and get him in here. So I was sitting in my sunroom, and they called me and said, we want you to come in. We believe we can do this. There's no guarantees. If going the, pro- the process could kill you. Wow. Uh, at that moment, a knock on my front door came from my sister-in-law, who was at a Reinhardt Monkey Conference in Orlando, Florida. Now, I live in Alabama. That's about 700 miles from here. And she drove all that way here without stopping and walked in the front door of my house and said to me, I was in a conference and the Lord spoke to me. He told me to tell you, you do what you can do. And he will do what you cannot do or no doctor can do. So I immediately called UAB. They immediately got me in and I went through a series of agonizing, and I mean agonizing, uh, uh, chemotherapy, injections, and treatments, which were experimental, and 35 consecutive uh, radiation treatments. And when they locked me down on the table, uh, 
the very first time. And I couldn't breathe. I said to the Lord, I said, Father, I can't breathe. And I could hear the voice of God just as plain as I'm talking to you. And he said to me, well, Jack, will you write the book now? I said, Father, I'll write anything that you enable me to write. And he said, you're my friend. I know you. You know me. Your name is written in the palm of my hand. And the Spirit of God took me through. And at the end of it, uh, they came to me and said, we have killed this tumor. Uh, it's dead. Wow, amazing. I went from uh, 190 pounds to 138 pounds in 40 days. As I was coming out of the last treatment and barely being able to walk up the hallway, my wife and my granddaughter, whom you're talking to now, mm -hmm. met me at the counter. And my wife said, I waited because to say this to you because I didn't know whether you would live or die. She said, I have stage three breast cancer. Oh, my. And she said, I said, I immediately got a hold of Dr. Spencer, who was standing there congratulating me. And I said, can you get my wife into UAB here, into the Kirkland Clinic and help her? And they said, it'd be our pleasure, Mr. Roach. Now, the Kirkland Clinic's hard to get into, very hard to get into. So it was the grace of God and the power of God. I say all that because... My wife was in surgery, and I was sitting in a cancer waiting recovery room, and the Lord gave me a place of rest, the book that has just recently come out. I, I received everything from the Lord in that waiting room, waiting and trusting God that my wife would be okay, which she is. We are both cancer-free, and... Uh, are so grateful and so thankful to the great God that we serve. And the message is you never give up. With God, there's always hope. And and uh, so I began, I always carry a book with me, a, a notebook and a pen, and I wrote a place of rest uh, in the waiting room. I was there for six and a half hours waiting for the results of the surgery. And in that place, is where I wrote that. And the Spirit of God was so gracious, he gave me eight small chapters. Uh, he told me that they would be coffee table books. That's exactly the word. <laughs> I said, coffee table? I never heard of a coffee table book, but he did. So I said, fine. So all of the nine books that I've written are coffee table books. Uh, you can pick them up, and by the time you have two cups of coffee, you're finished with the book. So wow. that's the story behind how A Place of Rest came about. That is such a great story. And praise God that you're both cancer-free. That's a, that's a great testimony. And you wrote this whole book. Did you write it by hand in the waiting room, you said? Yes, I did on a hard copy book. That's correct. Oh, wow. So how many pages did, how many pages did you go through handwriting this book? Oh, 
probably uh, 160, 170. Wow. And I have to ask this, so pardon the question. Did you get any strange stares from people in the waiting room? <laughs> well, people in the waiting room uh, were grieving. You know, they, okay. they, they didn't know what was going on, and they kept wanting to interrupt me, which I let them interrupt. But any author will tell you when you're in a line of thought, the last thing on earth you wanted to do is to be interrupted. But, right. uh, you know, what I found is is that when God wants something done, he gives it to a busy man. And he has the prerogative to interrupt you at any time that he thinks necessary. So uh, we would, I would stop and pray with people and encourage people. And people would come to me and say, what are you doing? And I said, I'm writing this book. And, and, and of course, the first thing they ask is, well, what's the title of the book? I said, a place of rest. And then they would, and all the time ask me, they would gather around three or four or five of them and they said, how can you rest in a place like this? Exactly. Yeah. And that would open up the testimony of how could Jesus be asleep in the boat in the middle of a storm? Right. I, I absolutely love that title. And that's why, that's why I asked that question. Cause I, I would assume people would come up and ask what would happen. And no, they did. absolutely. Yeah. And so, God was not only working through you telling you to write this book, but it was also an opportunity to share him to people that needed him at that point. That's just beautiful. Well, the, the cancer people at uh, UAB, uh, my doctors, I gave them a copy of the manuscript before it was ever published. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had an atheist uh, from Rochester, New York, who had just joined the staff there and he did some surgery on my neck they took a muscle and an artery and vein out of my arm and put it in my neck so that I could live and uh he said to me how why are you so confident in the god you serve and I thought to myself if you could have sat in the sunroom and heard what I heard you'd have confidence too and and so uh, Dr. Green, when it was over, came to me and he said, uh, I never met a man like you. And he had his entire staff with him. He had seven other uh, doctors and nurses and head nurses and a hematologist and, and a, uh, a uh, biologist and all kinds of people with him. And he said, will you pray with me? I said, it'd be my privilege. You, you just, I'm sorry. I get a little uh, emotional. No, it's all right. Uh, when I think back on that moment, having an atheist come to you and say, we have seen the evidence of Jehovah God living in your life. Pray with us. Uh, my brother, I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah, I agree. So if I could, if I could ever write anything, anything that would encourage the readers of the book to reach out to the great I am, that's the reason why I write. Well, amen to that. 
Now, have you have you received any other feedback from from readers? I know you mentioned this great story with with the doctor. Any feedback from readers so far? I'll let Tiffany answer that. She handles all that. Yeah, we have, we have. Okay. Uh, yeah, good. Thank you. I mean, certainly, we we certainly hear from a lot of uh, people who are also going through similar, you know, medical struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, some people who have been fighting cancer, because again, we he mentions in the book that. Um, you know, the, the struggle of him and, and his wife, my grandmother, going through cancer treatment together. Um, so a lot of people, you know, who have uh, in our circle who have read it there and just encouraging because, um, you know, the book really deals a lot about your mindset. You know, um, you can only get to that place of rest once you deal with your thoughts first, um, because we like to tell ourselves, I can't, I can't. Mm-hmm. We like to hear, you know, sometimes what doctors are telling us. And, and you know, there's certainly truth to, you know, getting medical professional, um, you know, input and, and taking that very seriously. But, you know, again, it's about what's going on in your mind and, and allowing God to kind of take over that mindset and show you, you know, where he wants to lead you. And um, it's just a, a way to try and help people get through their problems without focusing on the problem, but focusing on God, um, because he is the answer to yeah. the problem. Um, so we said we certainly uh, either reach out to people, you know, and say, hey, I, I heard you were going through this. Can can we give you this book? And we you know, hope that it encourages you. And we certainly do hear back that, you know, wow, I never thought about it that way. Um, I never looked at it that way. I never realized that the, what I was doing in my own head, you know, I was being my own worst enemy inside my own head, you know. Um, so it's, yeah, we, like I said, we, we get a lot of, you know, feedback from people who are just, you know, mostly word of mouth, um, who just are, are appreciative of, of break, helping them break the barrier on that mindset, get from that. I can't, I feel tired. My body's weak to, you know, I just have to put this in God's hand and God can not, I can, but God can. Right. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's encouraging to certainly see from, from the, from the people that who have you know taken the time to read it and have something happen and and a difference be made you know because they feel like they were able again to break that that mindset amen john how is this book a place of rest different from all the other ones that you've written because you've written quite quite a quite a few of them the uh the place of rest is uh i am uh kind of a numerology uh, student. Uh, nothing that God does is by accident, but everything that he does is through a position of rest. Uh, in the book of Genesis, it tells you that when it was all said and done, he sat down and said, it's good. And that was the seventh day. And of course, seven is the number of rest. Now, the book contains eight small chapters. He ate chapter is the day of new beginning after the finished work of seven days and and i wanted people to realize that that uh there is a place of rest to be had in the storm in the problem and there is a place in god where you can run and you can hide and you can sit and you can talk and you can be comforted and you can look and see and hear things from a godly perspective, not your own or someone else's. That that was the whole 
impetus behind the book. And a lot of his other books are very uh, deep, if you will. They're, they're certainly the kind of books where you have to read quite a few times um, to okay. you know, get small pieces here and there. Um, and he, he teaches that way as well. Like I said, very deep into theology and understanding, whereas this book was a lot more kind of settled, if I could say. You, know, okay. you could read it, grasp it, because it was coming from more of a place of encouragement rather than his other books, which were really coming from a place of, of teaching mm-hmm. um, and ministering and discipleship, especially that last one, discipleship. Um, so I said that this book is like a very different, you know, based on, you know, kind of coming from an experience and trying to give encouragement um, through an experience. Whereas, like I said, his others are, are very, like, very meaty. <laughs> it um, takes, takes a lot to get through some of those. But by the time you get through it, you're like, wow, you know, that was a lot of understanding, you know? Right. So. No. Let me ask you a question on just on the publishing side, uh, Tiffany. How did Oasis of Understanding Publishing actually start? Yeah, so, you know, my grandfather um, has, he wrote his first book when in 2003. <clears throat> I was 13 at the time. Um, and he, you know, they, they had the printers and the binding machines. Um, so, you know, when they wanted to sell books, they had to go downstairs in their basement get all the machines up and running, start printing, you know, have a couple of maybe volunteers there to put all the books together. Um, And and it's quite a process. Uh, So they, they kind of started OOU publishing Oasis of Understanding is like the, uh, the teaching ministry, the discipleship ministry. And then we kind of, of course, like you said, OOU is for Oasis of Understanding. So OOU was a division of the Oasis of Understanding ministry. Um, but it was simply that back in the day, you know, like I said, we're the old school self publishers. Um, and he again, wrote, you know, books throughout the years. And, uh, you know, as I became older, it was really funny because, and I, and I said this to pastor Ramona, um, it's funny because a long time ago, maybe in 2008, I was just, you know, graduating high school, him and my grandmother, um, named me executive administrator over OOU publishing. And I thought that's funny because, you know, like I, I read his books, but I wasn't so much interested in, you know, uh, doing much with that. So I, I let that go. Cause of course I had to go through college and do my own thing. And here I am now 31 years old. Um, and, you know, it's really been within the last two years that, you know, especially two years ago, the spirit of God came upon me and told me, you know, you need to publish your republish your grandfather's books. Um, and it was, it was very odd and strong because to be honest, I'm, I do not like to read. It's just not my thing. It's not my forte, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny of God. He has a very good sense of humor. Um, and I, I didn't argue with that. I immediately called my grandfather who was in Texas at the time. And I said, I have to do this. So it's funny that the thing that they spoke over me a decade prior, more than a decade prior, you know, had kind of come to fruition. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very savvy with technology, you know, my, my full-time job in the, in the world is, is dealing with software. Um, so, you know, I was very easily able to navigate the technology that would allow us to republish all of these books, you know, into a digital format 
with Amazon, with the self, you know, the print on demand service. Mm -hmm. Um, and after I got through the process, I sat there and I thought to myself, man, if my, if my grandparents had to sit here and figure all this out, they'd have been like, forget this. We're just going to go back downstairs to our basement and print some more books, you know? Um, and I thought to myself, I, I called pop-up one day, I'm sorry, John, my grandfather. And I said, you know, <laughs> how many other authors are out there who, you know, maybe have this, this barrier with technology um, and I said, and how cool would it be if we could open up our resources, you know, the, the technologies that we had to purchase um, just to be able to, you know, do this with Amazon and just offer help, not so much offer to be their publisher, because that's not really why we're here. Mm -hmm. um, just say, hey, we've been through the process. We have someone, you know, who, who's very comfortable and familiar with how all of this works. Um, I had to force myself to read several books about the legal side of it, um, you know, about just the, the whole process in general. And, uh, you know, I said, we, we should really open up our resources to others, you know, other authors that might be out there who just have this word from God written down and maybe they can't get in with a traditional publisher or maybe they can't afford it or maybe they don't trust it. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, my heart and my intention is to help them make sure the copyright is in their name, the, I mean, the ISBN, the everything, you know, at the end of the day, their KDP account is in their name. Um, I don't want to hold any of that hostage. Cause again, we're, we're not a traditional publisher. We are a, a publishing resource. Um, so he said, yeah, I think, I think that's a great idea. And so we're kind of just now starting to um, get that word out, if you will, that, Hey, okay. we're here um, for other authors out there who might be struggling or just again don't know what to do with that work um and we're certainly willing to help through the process um and you know one of the other things like i said it, it takes a lot of money you know to to even just self-publish a book when you're starting out that the, the softwares and technologies that you have to purchase to kind of get it rolling but not only that the process you know uh, just the practice of the process can be a little daunting too and like i said in, in my real world you know i'm a project manager um, I have the certifications and that and everything. So I said to my grandfather, when I took on his book, I'm going to treat this like I would any other project that comes across my desk. You know, they teach us in project management. Here is the life cycle. Here's the process to finish a project from start to, com to completion. And I mapped it all out just as I do any of my other you know, projects in my full-time job. And I followed that process and it works, <laughs> which I, again, you know, expect that's what they teach us in project management anything is a project just follow the process the process works so you know we just kind of went through that that works and we haven't we haven't gotten starting to try and get that word out that hey if you're out there and you need that extra little bit of help then we want to we certainly are willing to kind of help walk you through that process and help get everything set up you know, in your name and get it moving. Um, and, you know, some people are more savvy with technology than others. So as much handholding as you need or don't need or just questions, you know, whatever it is, you know, we're, we're certainly open to, to helping and assisting with that. Yeah. And just having that resource is important because the whole process, it can be very daunting, especially if you're new at it. Because mm -hmm. as a writer, you're like, okay, I have the book done. My job's done now. Now, what do I do? <laughs> <All> and, <right. laughs> and 
I know for those out there, you 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 load that file up into KDP and it's all out of whack, and you're like, oh no, I don't know what to do. Just close it, close it down. Right. Like, <laughs> so, so having having that resource out there is is uh is very important because it's a it's a whole different world than what yeah. we're than what we're used to. So what have you found is the biggest issue um, with with an author maybe getting started with the whole publishing side? Um, I, I honestly would think that the biggest issue is the legalities. Okay. Um, I think that's where the most unknown is. And, and for me, that's where I certainly had to sink most of my time in. And I'm, you know, also the kind of person where I don't believe everything I read on Google. Um, we hired several lawyers and I, or, you know, and spoke to several lawyers just to, make sure that I was understanding everything correctly. So, and, and unfortunately it's all of those like unknowns. I have a saying where you don't know what you know until you know it. And sometimes by then it might be a little too late and you're like, oh, I've already gone down this road. Now I have to backtrack and do it the right way to protect myself legally, you know? Um, so I would say that's the most challenging thing is just finding out what your rights are and what you should do to protect your rights um, and how to properly, you know, do things in a legal way. Like if you're citing some work, I mean, how, how does the book art work and who do you have to give credit for, for that? And when you're talking about open source, I mean, well, what does that mean legally? And, you know, so, and there's a lot of little things that you could do innocently um, that could end up being a really big gotcha later on, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so that, I said, I think that for me, was the hardest part of the self-publishing process. Now, if there's an author out there that needs help, how can they get hold of you um, to maybe have you help them out? Um, yeah, sure. So we have our website, oasisofunderstanding.com. And on that website, um, there's a tab for OOU Publishing. My contact information is there, my email. Um, so, you know, they just go on there, shoot me an email, and, you know, we'll start the process from there, you know, I'll kind of get a little information about, you know, what you're writing and um, what your intention is, uh, because that's, that's another thing too, is what's your goal. And, and the thing I really like um, about the, the Christian author community is most of the time their goal is just to get the word of God out there, which is great. You know, there's certainly nothing wrong with saying, well, I want to be a bestseller or, you know, I want to sell, I want to, I want to make this a, 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 a way to earn a, a living. I want this to be my, my source of income. Um, those are great goals to have. And there's some, certainly nothing wrong with those goals. Um, I certainly think that some reality, you know, we have to kind of talk through those real realistics, but, you know, most Christian authors that I have met in my lifetime or, you know, connections through uh, John, my grandfather is they just want to serve God. They want to get their works out there and on a platform where, if anyone, you know, needs them, can, they can grab them and, and be ministered to, which is just such a wonderful, such a wonderful community to work with and work through. Yeah, definitely. That's what I found doing this as well, is everyone just wants to get the word out, which is, it's great to be on the same team. That's a yeah. great thing. Mm -hmm. Now, John, question for you. Do you have any other books that you're thinking of writing? Yes, there is. Uh <laughs> I have found that uh, the more I write uh, and the more I listen to what to write, uh, it creates a desire in me to uh, 
curate more. Uh, but I want to, but I want to to take them to a level of simplicity. I I don't want something so verbose with three or four hundred pages that you know it it hurts your arm to pick the book up. Uh, I've I've been to seminary in college, or I've had that. I'm not interested in that experience whatsoever, and I don't think that people have time for that. So yes, there are other books uh, that I I uh, I want to write, and uh, to be honest with you, I am watering another one right now. I can't tell you what it's about yet, sure. but uh, uh, there is yes, I have another black copy book in my pen app. I've been busy. Well, it's good to hear. I look forward to look forward to that when it comes out. Again, the, check out A Place of Rest. Um, by the sounds of it, it sounds like you're going to be very blessed by it, no matter what your stage in life is. So I thank you both for joining me today on Coffee and a Book. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave the listeners with before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your day? Yeah, I think the, the greatest thing that I could get across is in your weakness, God will always, always, always manifest his strength if you reach out to him. Amen. Amen to that. Praise God. Well, thank you both for coming on Coffee and a Book. I really appreciate your time. God bless you both. Thank you. Thank you.